You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. Today, we talk about the one thing that is consistent, the one thing that is steadfast, the one thing that is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that's Jesus. It's not our job to have all the answers. It's not our job to be our own judge. It's not our job to condemn, and it's not our job to fix everything. Our one job as believers is to believe. Believe that He is God and that He has a plan, and we just have to say yes when He asks us to do something. So let's get into it. There was this comedian one time where he was saying, "We it's like we lose our minds when we're in a bathroom stall. Yeah. Where we don't even remember how to talk proper English. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Okay, so if somebody knocks on the door, what do you say? Occupied! <laughs> what do you say, Heidi? I think I say in use. <laughs> in use. But is, what is, Max's was the funniest. What is he, he said something, where, what he said, and I started laughing so hard. Well, it was like old, it's like as if he was back in the olden days. He does say something weird. I always say, someone's in here. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. Again, why do we lose our minds? Who says in use? Uh, no one. Or occupied. Like, we don't yeah, use... Yeah, in, in any other context, you wouldn't. I feel like it's harder for men, because if you're in a, if you're in a stall, you're definitely... Like, no one's guessing what you're doing, at least for women. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and when you're at a urinal, it's eyes on your own work, you know? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. You know, I I just had a conversation with a guy at an ATM at a quick trip the other day. I thought for sure you were going to say urinal. No, I, I literally walked up and I was doing my business at the ATM and the guy steps into the one right next to me. And I'm like, they need urinal etiquette here. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, they should like, have a little... Stop looking at my pin. They should have a little wall here. <laughs> and I don't care. I mean, like, I'm not worried about... You turn your whole body. Identity theft, but it's just kind of kind of a strange, strange place for somebody to get all casual next to you. So if you walk up to an ATM and there's two ATMs right next to each other... And somebody's and using somebody's one? there, do you I wait? wait? I wait. So do I. Do you? I never go to the ATM. Oh. I try to be courteous of others. Yeah. <laughs> I get the same way you though. You're so serious about that. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody comes to next to the other one next to me, I'm like, whoa. Well, a lot of times, I, like when I I'm, walk up behind them and put my head over their shoulder and go, <laughs> "What are you doing? <laughs> Fancy me? Oh my here. gosh, look at how much money you have. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> um, I'll actually a lot of when when I have to like take out something. A lot of them only let you take out a certain amount. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing? It's like <laughs> when I tithe. Why are you peddling so tithe, much cash? Seriously. When I tithe, yeah. I don't write a check. Fair enough. This is between me and God. Yeah. When I give offerings, I don't write a check. It's between me and God. Mm-hmm. And that's just a thing him and I have worked out. So if I'm taking it's a out secret system between you two. Yeah, yeah. If I'm if I'm if I'm Taking out two hundred out of this one, and I got to take out an additional whatever. Oh, you double tap I double. the ATMs. I do. You stand in the middle. I stick. I stick my card in the one, and then I hit my pin, and then it, as soon as it releases my card, it's in the next one. Are you the guy that walks up and 
Have you been behind this guy at the bank where he walks up to the counter and immediately spreads his legs <laughs> super wide? Do you know what I'm talking about? Takes like the sideline yes. football stance. Like kind of wiggles back the game and forth here. until he's like quite the right height. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you do that? No. Nobody goes in banks anymore. I used to work at a bank, so I know exactly what she's you know talking what I'm about. Yeah, but the pandemic wrecked all that. We don't go into banks anymore. Yeah. I never go into a bank. Not unless I'm going to, like, get rid of change. There's the last, like, three or four, like, financing-type things I've done, I haven't gone into a bank. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's crazy to think, right? You know, mm-hmm. I I have weird issues. So <laughs> We know. Doing, doing like, um, like fire, water, sewer damage, right? Mm-hmm. I learned that it's so important in some situations to have a guy or a person. Yeah. So people would be in the event of a trauma. You need to know their, a guy. Their stuff would be flooded. Mm-hmm. And because they bought their policy online, they have no choice but to call and set up a claim with an adjuster that contacts them. And now that person looks at you as a liability. Mm-hmm. You are taking their money. But if you have a local guy and you call him and say, hey, Fred, can you look at my policy? Because our basement's flooded. Now you have a guy going between you and the people that look at you as a liability mm-hmm. because you are an asset to him because he makes money off of you carrying your policy. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, it's it's not just your word against theirs. Now you have somebody that's a mediator that's going to step in and may make calls for you or, or get involved and say, well, their their policy states this. So when I deal with anything financial or anything like that, I always want to have somebody that I can have a conversation with. You're turning into dad. I might. Honest. I might. Do you know dad has called me, like cold called me, and I answer the phone, and it's like Ryan from AT&T on dad's phone, and he dialed me and just handed, like a hot potatoed the phone <laughs> to the guy at AT&T, and he's like, here, talk to my daughter. She knows about my phone stuff. Yeah. Because I would I'm, never do that. I'm the password kid. Yeah. In our family. Yeah. Yeah. I- or like dad, dad just the other day, and he was so bugged. He's like, hey, why don't you call? And I'm like, immediately no. <laughs> <laughs> immediately no. I'm not going to yep. do that. And he's like, well... When Heidi orders pizza, I'll be like, just call him. And she'll take like 25 extra minutes trying to navigate the web. First oh, of all, yeah. it's like five minutes, and in your brain, it's 25 it's minutes. It's never five minutes. It's totally five minutes. First of all, you probably have to reset your password, and then you try to reset it, and it's your old, it's the password that you entered seven times. It's like mm-hmm. incorrect. You can't use the same password. Yeah, I, I order stuff online. Do you want to know what happened to me? Just the other day, I ordered pizza online. Mm-hmm. I went in to get it, and it wasn't ready. And so the guy was like, we can just, like, you just want to pay now? And I was like, well, yeah, I might as well. So I pay, and then he's like, you want a receipt? And I'm like, no, I'm good. And then the, it was like, he's like, it's going to be like 10 minutes yet for the pizzas. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to wait in here then. I'm just going to go get my car. You should have been like, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> So I go back in 10 minutes later, and it was as if a new shift happened. Oh, my God. And I started panicking in my head because I was like, I didn't get a receipt. And they're like, have you been helped yet? And I was like, yeah. 
And I literally had to sit and pray, Holy Spirit, please send that man back to the cash register like right now. And it took like five minutes. And then that guy finally came back up. I was yeah, like, but they close out your bill. Freaks me out, though. They close out your bill. Yeah. So it was all right. Yeah. You'd have been okay. That's good. I don't even like to make my doctor's appointments on the phone. I literally just message. And I'm like, can I? I'm like, here, can you just pick any, literally any day? <laughs> You do it. Just send it to me. Okay? Thank you. That's funny. And then they still try to, like, call me. Different times, man. It's... So there's, there's like, names for people that are, like, early adopters. Ludites who are, like, they don't, they don't want to adopt new technology or new ways <laughs> of doing things. There's, like, actual names for people <laughs> i was with grandpa wood like he i always got a kick out of him yeah because he he got like he was like 80 or something he got on facebook and yes and he like would put amazing stuff out there but he'd put it all in caps so it just was like he was just screaming it at you yes but it was good stuff he did that he he was like a um he would type with two fingers but he yeah he was like really into But he, he realized the significance of him being able to get the message of the gospel out in that platform. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he didn't have a church anymore. He wasn't like preaching from a pulpit. Mm-hmm. So it gave him an outlet to get the word out. I immediately out. memorialized his Facebook page so that nobody could delete anything. Good. Yeah. Yeah, because there was some good stuff on there. Mm-hmm. It pops up in my memories every so often. So, so Heidi, what do you want to talk about? <clears throat> Fighting spiritual battles with fleshly weapons. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Questions. Do any of you go through battles? Yes. Do any of you think you go through too many? At times. One right after another. <laughs> Are these rhetorical? Sure. Do you set expectations too high for yourself? Do you have swirling thoughts that sometimes follow you? Like, why do I feel like I'm always missing the mark? Why do I always feel unworthy? Why do I keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again? Does that mean that I'm not truly repentant? Do I ask for too much? Do I not ask for enough? Am I asking for the right things? Why is there so much condemnation towards God's people from God's people? <clears throat> but and always you you just went like way there were so many things we could have just commented on right there but when you when you're constantly in a battle then you need to assess your situation mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. an attack is is very strategic and it hits hard and it leaves devastation and then both parties the attacker and the attacked need to take inventory to see what their strategy is going to be next, right? There's people that are like under attack all the time. And it's like, no, you're not under attack right now. You just, you didn't put your cart in the cart rack and the wind blew it back into your car. That's not an attack. That's negligence on your behalf. You're not, you're not under attack. You chose to, to go out and go shopping instead of pay your bills. That's not a financial attack. You chose to do something. Burn. <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? Like yeah, we, we. I get it. 
we want to we want to we want to blame the enemy all the time but sometimes it's not a spiritual attack but more often than not well, when it is we we try and we try and close out the case with all of our you know we exhaust all of our efforts do you think it's we, fair to say that y- people take it too literally that like this th- i i tripped and fell mm-hmm. that's the attack yeah and in reality like the devil's playing the long game yep and yeah you tripped and fell because you didn't tie your shoe yeah like that was on you babe but were you in the wrong place when do you know what i mean it's like a micro versus a macro view Mm -hmm. like if you zoom out a little bit maybe maybe it's not that each individual thing is its own separate attack but the space that you're in yeah in the quote church culture way of saying it your season yeah you might have been attacked and and then you never got closure on that attack that or now everything seems like an. it's like that or i guess my point is it's it's not like this sudden onset thing necessarily but it's like a month-long campaign against you from the enemy that includes multiple things but there the goal of the enemy is one thing yeah if you don't recover from right. like the initial attack because you didn't put yourself in a, the right place i mean i'm sure things could just happen and happen but and i think putting yourself in the right place is kind of what we're going to try to hit on tonight mm-hmm. people do it in in a spiritual sense too where everything is like a actor move god and it's like no you're just favored mm-hmm. like you're favored like yeah. you're highly or, favored or this is how it should be yeah you're you're that favored your so like mm-hmm. the close parking space could that have been god yeah and it could have been that you just drove around for 20 minutes until it opened up too oh my god he's taking shots at both of us <laughs> yeah like <laughs> just wow. shots fired a, d- a touch from god doesn't mean you're going to be on track the rest of your life. Mm-mm. Right. Like people fall away all the time that experience yeah. revivals and, re- experience, and encounters. Yeah. Yeah. When, when Jesus was ra- raising Lazarus, there are so many people that were an audience to that. And none of them showed up when he was at the cross to mm-hmm. protect him or to plead a case for him. Right. You know, it, it, it was enough to open their eyes and ears in the moment mm-hmm. to hear the message of salvation but what do you do with that once you get it? You know, like we, we've purposed. When you read about tithing, <clears throat> um, it says that such as a man purposes in his heart. Yeah. Right. So I take that into everything mm-hmm. because in the New Testament we're supposed to bring all to the storehouse, which means our thoughts, our time, our joy, our sadness, our mourning, whatever. Yeah, all, all we it. bring it all to the storehouse. Yeah. So, what do we purpose in our heart? Like, I think that's, you know, sometimes I get really serious about the word because I want a purpose in my heart yeah. because he, he knows the intention of the heart. So I want a purpose in my heart that I'm doing the right thing with it. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I experience a move of God, I, I'm the guy that, that uh, I'll, I'll be in a prayer line and, and I get skipped over like all the time. I'm the guy that is in a prayer line and everybody around me falls and I don't. Yeah. 
And does that mean I get less Holy Spirit? Nope. Mm-hmm. No, it just means that um, whatever God's doing with me, I have to have faith when there's no when there's no show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you're getting at <clears throat> is <laughs> all these things happen or these questions arise and you're not battling against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No. Principalities, powers, spiritual rulers of wickedness and heavenly realms. Right. So we keep fighting these things that come, though, with our flesh, right? So right. every single time a new problem arises, we convince ourselves that this battle needs to be dealt with with flesh. What's flesh? Flesh is emotion. Emotion. Mm-hmm. Flesh is, is our... fear, worry, anxiety, doubt, self-pity, self-righteousness. That can play in there, too. Or it could be our, Pride. S- our skills. Yeah. Like, ah, I'm going to... Like when there is a spiritual attack and it hits us financially or physically or whatever, we'll go right to the medicine cabinet. We'll go right to the bank. We'll go mm-hmm. right to work to try and fix make it, more. Fix it yourself. And then all of a sudden we exhaust everything we bring to the table and then realize, oh, this is a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it makes me very like introspective. The, yeah. the the topic but it it makes me think you know you and I have these seasons of like feeling unsettled mm-hmm. right or like we need a fresh start oh yeah I'm a um, rearrange the room girl if I'm having yes. a rough week or like you know I just <laughs> if I can't get myself to be productive I will clean my desk mm-hmm. and like admittedly oftentimes to turn introspective and say, okay, is there a bigger issue here mm-hmm. that I'm not addressing? I try all those things first. Yeah. Right. And I exhaust all that. I exhaust myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, it. a lot of times it's last resort. Yep. Yeah. And it's foolish. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. foolish. Because first of all, <laughs> I could have saved on 800 bottles of Windex cleaning my glass desk yeah every time i feel a little unsettled but so what do you do well we need to make it a habit to to actually stop take a deep breath and say father what are we doing here yeah do you know let me let me we're all well heidi and i are both the youngest you're a middle child carlos is the oldest but carlos may be asleep i'm not sure He's awake. <laughs> but He's like, just relaxing. I am hesitant to bring forward to God. I just told you this the other day. I'm like, there's something in the back of my mind where I'm like, he doesn't need to be bothered. And that's such a human way of thinking about yeah, things. Yeah, because he wants to be a part of everything. That, and he can do it all. Like, I can't. It would be too much for me. I can't multitask if you will but he's omnipotent he's omnipresent he can do any he can we can't even fathom yeah and i often find myself reluctant to bring something i mean i'm telling you i just told you about something that i feel like is maybe super dumb and i told heidi i'm like i've never prayed about it but i think i'm gonna (laughs) do you know how many times i pray to god for help in 
in a case of my own negligence. Often. I get pulled over by the police. The first thing I do <laughs> oh, yeah. is I'm like, God, don't so, let me get a so ticket. Funny. Yeah, he's speeding, and then he goes, Hardy pray, pray right now. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> Mercy, I don't know. Please. Help him. <laughs> Lord, let him learn the lesson this time. Ouch. Huh? I skip the I skip the off ramp, and I'm like, oh, I can get gas at the next one. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, you have zero miles yeah. to empty. Heidi pray. Well, I pray myself too. Like, Jesus, Jesus, but God's Jesus. okay with that. Yeah, He's okay with that. There, there's a difference between like <laughs> us trying it on our own and then asking for assistance. There's a difference between that and then premeditated sin, where we're like, I'm gonna go out and get bombed and go to a strip club and look at pornography, and then I'll rep- repent on Sunday. There's a huge difference. Yeah, huge mm-hmm. difference. <clears throat> And we need to learn, maybe we wouldn't have those big temptations if we were filling our day with God in the little questions, the little So that's what I was getting at to a certain degree when you were talking earlier, because when you were like talking about, I don't know, you're not in a financial attack, you just went out and overspent. It's like, that's the type of situation where you're thinking... It's momentary right now, negligence, and Lord, help me out because, you know, I had good intentions and I really wanted to do this thing and can you help me out, get me get me to the next paycheck without any overdrafts. And it's indicative of a bigger problem, a bigger attack. Like, we're being too small-minded. Like, we're looking at, like, what's two inches in front of our face. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're dealing with an enemy mm-hmm. that is... he. We're playing checkers and he's playing chess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I have this. <clears throat> Stop letting the devil convince you that God has forsaken you, number one. Yeah. D- that he doesn't love you anymore, that you did something wrong. Or that he will. Sometimes our vision isn't big enough. True. Yeah. If you love God and you are doing work for him, attacks are going to come. Yeah. So... There are there are difference in attacks, you know, like maybe you just need to be a better steward of your money. Maybe like that is an actual issue that you can improve. Or maybe this really is an attack that mm-hmm. could be trying to step and stumble you up. The devil doesn't want us to be doers of his word. Why? Because he doesn't want us to be Christ like the image of Christ, a carbon copy of our king. He doesn't want that because if we become that person who is solely operated by the spirit, the devil loses ground. Right, that's our greatest potential. Exactly. He loses power. Yeah. Because you've stepped into authority. Yes. There are times where he is on the offense and he is taking ground. Mm-hmm. He's getting yardage, if you will. Yeah. Shout out football. <laughs> right? And then there's other times where he's trying to stand in your way. Mm-hmm. And he's on the defense, actually. And he's just rallying everybody to try to keep you at bay. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference, you know? There's also situations where sometimes you let your own guard down. Yeah. Because we've all been in this situation, and don't even lie to yourself, because I know we all have been. Yeah, don't you dare lie to yourself. Where if we have, if we're feeling good, like if we're like feeling healthy and good and like just full of it, if we're having a good day, a good week, a good month. Or even a year. We have tendencies to loosen the belt a little bit. Yeah, you don't pray in the spirit. Right. You don't read the word. Yeah. You get lax. Yep. 
Absolutely. So very often people will abandon the good habits that got them to where they are. And that doesn't just apply spiritually. Absolutely. It applies financially in terms of physical health, in other relationships like your marriage. It, like, it's so funny. Wow. Humans are dumb, though. (laughs) We're so dumb. You're so stupid. That's why scripture says to ask for wisdom, and he'll freely give it to you. But you have to be in a conversation to get it. I was just reading that in James. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. We we have... By the word of God. We have a huge calling on our life. All of us. Yeah. And we've had to learn that we ask for too little. (laughs) That was one of my questions from earlier. God, God, he, he calls you and then he equips you. And part of equipping is his provision. We, we sing Jaira often at church. Mm-hmm. Love you, the song. Any, I hope that the homework you give at the end of this episode, Heidi, is that everybody should go re- read James. Because we're doing yeah, a corporate fast stuff. right now. And I was, re- I read, I, I was reading James. That's where I started. Yeah. Do is you know where I, I started? No. Do you know? Tell me. Deuteronomy. Tell me where I started today. It, I said I mentioned it on the last episode. Third John. Yes. Yahtzee. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Third John. It's really short, by the way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Well, James, you know what he said in his letter? What did James say? He's like, hey, brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Come on. Well, you you when you conquer, when you're more than a conqueror and you're victorious. Well, when you bring you will the, have great joy. Yeah, and when you bring the right weapons to that battle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, lots of teaching moments. So, let's get on that for a second. So, if we need to keep our guard up and bring the right weapons, <clears throat> number 1, a lot of people think that keeping your guard up all the time is way too hard and that it can't be done. But that's a lie. Well, if you're wearing the whole armor. Exactly. Your guard is up in a sense because yeah. you're you're covered in, in righteousness. Your helmet is your salvation. Your your loins, your reproduction re- reproductive system is tightened with the belt of truth. Yeah. So now everything you reproduce, you say, you Ooh. do is in truth, and your feet are now shod and covered in the preparation of the gospel of peace, which means you've been reading your word. Yeah. The preparation of yeah. the gospel of peace. And you just said belt of truth. And when I said that a lot of the times when you're having like a really good like run of things, you have a tendency to loosen the belt. Mm-hmm. Loosen the truth a little bit. Yep. It starts make it, to stray away from you. Make it fit your life instead of making yeah. your life fit the truth. And the even word. putting on the full armor of God and having like yourself in that place when people are like, it's just too hard. Well, that's the purpose of the Bible reading though. And that's part of your weapons that you need to bring to your battles is because when you begin to read the Bible you'll see that it says all things are possible. If you if you have like uh, different social media outlets, TikTok, whatever, there's always multi-millionaires. Like I read 100, 100 books a year. I read books. I read... You do? No, like... That's what the multi-millionaires... When you, when you watch their... And I read the Bible every day. It's like the day. five habits of... Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're always building, right? Yeah. Successful so people, how, Highly successful people. How much more would you build if you were constantly putting in God's word? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, and once you read God's word, you're going to realize on certain situations where even that thought of this can't be done, I can't do this, the, the expectation of me is too great, 
There's verses on how all things are possible. There's verses on bring your burdens to me. There's verses on you can do anything in Christ who strengthens you. Yeah. So the more you get those words inside of you, the less scared you actually become because mm-hmm. that power of the Holy Spirit starts to get activated within you. When you. Do you know what I think is important is that people start to realize that just like you can take off parts of your clothing, like you walk in the door and you take off your shoes, people are, you know... And you can identify in yourself, you are consistently removing a certain part of the armor of God and you need to like set a timer on your phone and put it back on Mm. like throughout the day. Yeah. And it can be through the littlest things like you, yeah, you watch reels and all of a sudden you're laughing at something that's full of profanity or Mm -hmm. something like that, that, you know, grieves the Holy Spirit and it's, it's giving you just a little bit of a, you know, you, you're taking a risk, you know, you feel risky mm-hmm. and, and it, that's sensual. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're it's indulging naughty. the lust of the flesh at that point. Mm-hmm. And you've just loosened your belt of truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've just taken off your breastplate of righteousness. And now you're not covered in righteousness. Righteousness is not ours. It, yeah. Our righteousness is Christ. Yeah. So we have to put him on which means we have to put ourselves under his blood covering from the cross. Mm-hmm. The finished work of the cross. That's every day. Yeah. How many times do we forgive in a day? Seven times 77. Yeah. Right? Is it 70? Mm-hmm. And that's just in your that's just in your so it's, awake hours, right? So it's either like 490. It's 7 or, times 77. Is it? Yeah. I'm not going to bet you because I have my belt of truth on right now. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> If if that's just in your wake hours, yeah. so is it seven times seventy seven? Yeah. How many people are offending you in a day? Probably a lot. But how many times do you do you offend? How many times do you just offend right? yourself and and the spirit in you? Mm-hmm. You got to be constantly walking in in a state of acknowledgement of who you are in Christ, and constantly. Forgiving yourself for your slip ups mm-hmm. and asking God to forgive you and repenting all the time. Does that mean you gotta be like a weird person? No. no. Like I've I've had people literally tell me, I don't need to go to the altar because the grace of God covers everything and da da da. I don't believe that. I think that's weird. I believe the grace of God covers a multitude of sins, it's in the word. But I, d- I don't believe that you not going to the altar and dropping the pride and just getting before the Lord in a place of humility mm-hmm. is a bad idea because that's where I that's where I've gotten closest to him mm-hmm. is when when I become small so that he can become big yeah right and then the decrease. honor yeah I decrease so that he may increase and then to have a constant flow of his word going in because when Jesus responded to temptation, he responded with, with God's word in context. Satan tempted with God's word out of context. You will have these things. You, if Lest you dash your foot against a stone, you'll be girded up. If, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread, like all the fleshly things that he was tempted with, and he responded with the word in context. Mm-hmm. So if... I'm constantly engaged in the word and I'm consuming it and I'm eating well, mm-hmm. right? Out of my belly will flow rivers of living water. Mm-hmm. 
And I know that if you read the King James, it says heart. But that's because the seat of the emotions used to be the bowel or the belly. Yeah. Because there's more nerve endings there. But it wasn't pretty. So they changed in translation and made it the heart. Because that's the source that pumps the blood through the veins. Shout out Mark Lowry, Christian comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he did a bit like, on that. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, don't break my heart. He, yeah. he did the Billy Ray Cyrus, but he switched the word to bowels. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Um. He said, I don't know you if make it's on... my liver quiver, baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't I know. I heard it. Oh, oh it's funny. Um, so you've touched on multiple things, but Pastor Lynette, shout out, Pastor Lynette, has always said it's the blood, mm-hmm. the word, the name. And the spirit. And the spirit. Those are the four weapons of your warfare. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That actually goes into perfect play with this. Because you want to protect your house, your your man? You apply the blood to the doorpost. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're in Easter right now. We know about Passover. We should talk about Passover Does on a Does Passover episode. happen at the same time every, the same date every year? No. Not the same date. Because, so does it always happen it always, right before Easter? It's always acknowledged. It's, no. Easter is. I think it was after Easter last year. Or the year before, it's but it's around this time because mm-hmm. the Jewish calendar is different than our calendar mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, it's around about Passover the same is on time. Thursday, yeah. and then Easter's on Sunday. That's what they were celebrating. When exactly. Did the That's why I was trying to figure out if this if the timeline of the two have always been this close because yeah, they're it's the same time of year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When when. He was getting crucified. They were all at the feast, like people were. Mm. That's why guys, it was so significant. You done, you've done a seder, yeah. Well, with your like, I think with your parents, we had a, a seder at church once, and then I've been to multiple. Yeah, I we've heard had a few. Robbie Dawkins. We need won. to have a real king seder next year. <laughs> <laughs> I was at an event, and Robbie Dawkins was speaking, and he was talking about evangelism and how. People are so afraid to approach the world because of what the world's into. Uh, they're into vampires and they're into walking dead and all this stuff. And he said, our Bible's full of that. Yeah. And he said, yeah. he, he yeah. brought up the read scripture. The yeah, go dude. read the Old well, Testament. Look at, look at when, when, Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross and gave up the ghost, the, the veil in the temple was rent, rocks split. And then the dead came out of the graves and walked the streets during the feast. That is wild. Yeah. And everybody skips over that verse, but it gave it gave witness to everybody. Yeah. What had just occurred. Could you imagine no. being being in the city? No, you know, you got like twenty million people like in parties eating food and they came in to see their family so that they could celebrate the Passover. And all of a sudden, you're like dead Uncle Gary's, like walk on the street proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You know that's that's crazy to me. But he said, if you preach How do the you gospel, not, like, fall dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't like, holy imagine. cow. He said, if you preach the gospel and and you're in a crowd full of people that are into weird stuff because that's what media and television is showing. You have everything that they're into in that Bible. Mm-hmm. 
it's just in a in a healthy light. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're necromancing over something or being gross or weird with it. It it all ends in life. Do you know what's interesting as I heard somebody say the reason you have to battle so hard against your flesh is because your flesh already knows how the story ends mm. and it knows it's not going to go with you mm. and it doesn't care. Mm-hmm. When you apply the gospel to your life, then you you start to get the realization that your death in this world ends in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you never die. Mm-hmm. You never have to face the the evil of eternity if you've given your heart to Christ. Yeah. Right. Because he's came and he's lived in your heart. You know, there's there's so much good there. Mm-hmm. And then we we neglect to get into that good. And then when things do go wrong, he ends up being our last resort instead of the first response. Yeah. So those swirling thoughts that I we talked about at the beginning, mm-hmm. I was in Revelation 12 this afternoon. Just hitting it hard in Revelation, huh? Yes. Doing some light reading. So Revelation 12, 9 through 11. Mm-hmm. So the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Mm -hmm. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame... Okay, so hold on. So the accuser of the brethren is who? The devil. Uh-huh. Let me ask you a question. When when you have those swirling thoughts that come at you of, I'm always missing the mark. I never feel worthy. Why do I keep repeating the same bad things over and over and again? What is that? What's your brain doing? It's accusing you. Right, but the, a lot of times that's that's the enemy. Yes. It's we, the accuser of the brethren we don't, at that moment. We don't recognize his voice because we've been entertaining too many voices. Yeah, like that's not God doing those thoughts. God will never, he'll never say to you the things that you think without giving you the way out. Yeah. So then it goes into verse 11, okay? And they overcame him. Who's the, who, what's it talking about? Overcame who? The devil. Uh-huh. By the blood of the lamb yep, and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Right. So these spiritual battles that you go through, number one, the four weapons, okay? So mm-hmm. get in your word, plead the name of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus, make sure that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Yeah. That's how you fight your spiritual battles. Do you, do you understand what it means by, by the blood of the lamb? By the blood of the lamb. Tell me. You you are covered in the blood. You've received Christ. You are yeah. one one and an heir to the to the you're an heir, joint heir with Christ, right? Yeah. So now you've received your salvation through the blood of the lamb, because that's what was shed on the tree. Right. And then you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So th- those those testimonies, those things that happen every day where where Jesus becomes more real to you, you have to keep telling people about it. And those testimonies are where it's wrapped back into James, where when a trial comes, 
you now have an opportunity. Take it as joy. Mm -hmm. Because if you do James properly right there where he's talking about that, that becomes a testimony. Because a testimony is when you've overcame and conquered a test. Can I just say, like, yes. But when you are giving your testimony to other people, if you imagine it like you're sitting on the stand and you're testifying on behalf of Jesus and all mm-hmm. that he's done for you, mm-hmm. you can expect to be cross-examined. Yeah. They're, they're going to try. There are a group of people, so to speak. Yeah. There are some who are going to try to trip you up. You just have to be prepared for that. Yeah. We, were, we were just but, having... And people can't refute your personal experience with right. God. Right. They can't. They can try. Yeah. But th- even if they are so to your face convinced that, like, really, I don't believe you, there's a seed of doubt in their mind. Like, maybe that did happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People can see in your eyes if you believe what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And... Sometimes I think people need to get these visuals. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, would you test if, if you know that something is right and true and, and you want to defend someone in your life, would you take the stand for them? Mm, right. And yeah. would you testify on their behalf? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that every time a family goes on Family Feud, <laughs> they, they apply and go on. Because they're so good at answering the questions at home. Yeah. But then when they get put on the spot, they yeah. can't think of anything. Right. Um, when it comes to witnessing and evangelism, a lot of times when I start to share with people, I'll blank out on the on the address of the verse. And I know it's a verse, and I know it's true, and I know it's the Word of God, and it's written upon my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's what comes out. But... I know exactly where I was and when it happened when I got delivered, set free. Yeah. I know exactly what was going on, and I that's something that I'm marked with when it comes to even the, the latest and greatest testimonies. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people, too, that if, you, if, if you're like, well, it says in the Bible, immediately they're like, mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people nowadays that don't believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Mm-hmm. They don't believe that... They don't believe in it, right? And they're like, it's just a good book. We know people like that. Yeah. But what they they can't do that to you standing in front of yeah. them. If you got, if you have a life experience, they yeah. can take it or leave it. But they can't. They can't, they can't accuse you, you of yeah. lying. No, they, they could, but it's it's not gonna. And at that point, it's not gonna do anything to your posture. Mm-hmm. You know, like I believe it because I lived it. And it's, it's more not substantial about- to them to see a real life application of these things. A lot of times it's not to say that it can't happen because I've seen people that their path to salvation is they just picked up the Bible one day and started yeah. reading. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that also can happen. But if you run into a, an issue where someone is. If you don't quit rubbing your leg back and forth. I didn't even know I was doing it. It's been you this entire time. The entire It's been Joe this entire time. <laughs> um, I think, and, and the Bible, that that's legislation. You know, if you look at the, the Bible, Bi- it's, if you want to see, you know, the Supreme Court, any court, they, they look at precedent. Did you know that? 
like they don't if they don't have like an immediate answer they look at a hundred cases that look just like yours mm-hmm. that's what they do they look at precedent well how was this decided before what is there precedent mm-hmm. then they establish it if there isn't any but the bible is the precedent mm-hmm. so you can look to how things were handled there Absolutely. and it's not just a good story that's the legislation that you take on your own behalf and you fight your battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You take it to court. And yeah. even sharing that with people. Yeah. The truth will set you free. So even if they say they don't believe it and they don't they don't believe it's the inspired word of God, it will cut deep. Mm-hmm. And You're, that hole will right. be filled with something at some point. But here's the thing. Nobody's gonna come to him unless they're called by him. Yep. It is your responsibility to be obedient and share your testimony Mm -hmm. that's how you overcome Mm -hmm. that's your benefit of doing it yeah but then you drop it to to a certain extent yeah and it is the holy spirit that then goes in yep and he will make that seed flourish yeah you don't have to be responsible for that and i think a lot of people they cross that line oh yeah and they want to see instant gratification yeah i don't i'll see you in heaven I always get excited. <laughs> like, that's fine. We don't have to talk again. The lady with the with the healed back from a, like a month ago, um, mm-hmm. I got really excited when it was like a couple weeks later and they were like, you know, her back is healed. I'm like, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. And then I got to go to an event with her at another church mm-hmm. and her back was still healed. Mm-hmm over a month later. And this was something that was chronic for years. I love seeing that. But when we pray, I don't take any responsibility or ownership over anything because it's no. God doing it. Right. If it doesn't get done, it, he just didn't do it. And I don't have to make ex- excuses for the God of all creation. Mm-hmm. <coughs> He's been making excuses for me my whole life and giving me second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth chances. Yeah, Like I don't, I don't have the the wherewithal to to be able to put myself in that seat. Yeah. To to actually think I have the the authority or power or entitlement to explain why or why not God did something. So <clears throat> I also think being in the word. Yeah. No, you go. Yeah. Well, you paused. I also think being in the word and being in the public and putting yourself out there, like I've had people come to me like, this is my testimony. And they're like, in 1972, da, 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 da. And I'm like, that's awesome. But I have a hard time believing nothing happened to you since then where God was omnipotent and omnipresent and was powerful and great and mighty. Like, keep track of the little things because not everybody needs to hear those the the, the was, big one yeah the raised from the dead testimony i have testimonies all the time i literally just had some friends show up to church that we mm-hmm. had just talked about and the testimony that i gave them had n- little to do with like the big things Mm-hmm. It had to do with community and how I need community and they need community. And I testified to the community we have and that we want to get more going for young married couples. Mm-hmm. 
That's what they needed to hear. They did not need to hear that I was raised from the dead. Did that come out later? Yep, it did. Because he made a remark about, you know, if 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 I did get together with a, a couple's group or something, do they drink alcohol? And I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, actually, this is what happened to me, and this is why I don't. Mm-hmm. And he literally stopped. He looked at me, and he said, that's awesome. I'll never drink in front of you. And I said, that's very nice of you. I was like, to me, I'm not... I'm not judgmental and I'm yeah. not worried if anything I, I you know it, it it's not something that bothers me other than the fact that I know what's going to happen to them if it becomes a problem mm-hmm. let me ask you when given the opportunity to share a testimony do you share yours or do you share his well I used to share his and now I share mine I share your guys's we do share other people's though. Yeah. Like if if you if Joe you, and I have talked about this because I'm like I I a struggle it's funny because I'm envious but yet I'm not. Right. Because I don't have like the bombshell testimony per se. Yeah, know? but do you want to be I a- wasn't raised from the dead yet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> TBD. But but like do you know what I mean? And so I often end up your testimony, like yeah. the two of you or someone else's, but like, I don't have like a strong, I'm saying this because I know that there's people that listen mm-hmm. and they don't have a strong community and they don't feel like they have a strong testimony. So mm-hmm. what do you do? Share somebody else's. If yeah. you, if it you, is okay to do that. Yeah. If you ask David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz, who's got the stronger testimony, they'd probably say each other mm-hmm. because David Wilkerson followed the Lord and he went in as deep as God called him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't worry or fear about losing his life because he was already dead to this world before he got there. Nikki Cruz was a powerful leader of a big gang and he was involved with a lot of criminal stuff. So he got delivered, set free, and became a minister of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Very powerful stuff. But it was just as powerful for David Wilkerson to never walk away from the Lord and be consistent. Mm-hmm. People for me that don't walk away have huge testimonies to me. Yeah. Because I can look back and see all the times where I repeated a prayer and I full heartedly thought, you know, maybe, maybe this will be the time that I get out of this. Mm-hmm. And then walked away and got involved in like witchcraft and stuff. And yeah. awful things. It's interesting because some it it depends on the person that you're sharing it with. Because I agree, some people will be like, that really speaks to them. There's others who are like, they view it as like, you know, you don't, well, then you don't know where I've come from. You can't possibly empathize or understand. But that's not true either. Yeah, they don't understand right. Christ. Right. And so. He took it upon himself so that we could. Sometimes I just want to acknowledge that, you know, we talk a lot about like marriage and relationships and not everybody's married. Not everybody has a significant other. Um, Not everybody has kids, you know, not everybody has a strong community. But if you need a community. Yeah. 8600 Burnell Drive, baby. That's right. So we have so far we've covered putting on the armor and using the word and Proclaim, wow, proclaiming the blood over your life 
putting it on the doorpost of your heart. What's next? Well, one thing that is consistent is Jesus, number one. Like, that's the one consistent thing, the cross. The one yeah. that's steadfast, the one that's the same yesterday and forever. When you, when you think about bringing fleshly weapons to a spiritual battle, you need to revert to the spiritual... Can you give an example? Victories. Well, you, you're, you're going to fix things with, with your, um, your skill set. So it's like, oh, I'm, I'm good at organizing. I'm good at um, arguing. I'm good at this. I'm good at that. And then you... He's looking right at me. I'm not. <laughs> I, wasn't even, I was looking at the microphone. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You bring these weapons, right? And you, you exhaust everything. Nothing works. Mm-hmm. And then you pray, and nothing happens, but God's trying to get you to a place where you remember what he's already done. Mm-hmm. So God, he, he takes care of us, mm-hmm. but sometimes he wants to see if we remember what he did last week. I think sometimes he, he provides an answer that involves action on mm-hmm. your part, mm-hmm. but I think that people... And especially in this world, they have trust issues, right? Yeah. And they take on all of it. And they, rather than using the help from God, they just do try to do it all themselves. What was it last week? I, I got upset. We were driving. Was it somebody pulled out in front of me or something? Or, or somebody held me up? And then I went to leave the light and somebody ran a red. And like had to screech to their halt and their brakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like right at the front of the car. Both of you and the other car did. Yeah. And I had the right of way. I had a green light. But Heidi's like, oh my gosh, that just happened back there so that you were probably spared. Because if we would have been going five feet yeah. further, that would have hit her door at like 50 miles an hour. It's true. Like we have to take account. We, we, God does things and we, we forget real quick because we're entitled to it. People should journal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should yeah. journal. You know, I'm doing a journal challenge right now where it's just one line per day and you just need a notebook. Yeah. Just a regular notebook and write down one line per day, something that God did on your behalf or, or express your gratitude. Yeah. I've, I've had prophecies spoken over me. And then I'm like, ah, oh, they never come true, false prophets. But now I realize I didn't write them down and I didn't revisit them. And you didn't do anything with them. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't just be given something I didn't pursue and just anything. do nothing with it. So sometimes we're waiting for the the treasure map to fall out of the sky so that we can follow it and dig at the X. But God's like, I already, I already called you. I already have provision. You're... You have to get the wheels in motion. Can I ask, what do you do then? If you find yourself in a battle, what do you do? Well, number one, have you ever thought of like when a battle comes, instead of doing the full meltdown and the full trying to fix everything in your own mind first, of just going back to the word, the worship, the cross? Have we thought of that? Have you thought of that? No. Because when a problem would come, <laughs> yeah, instead of freaking out, mm-hmm. What if you just played a worship song? 
What if you just got in the Bible and started reading some scripture? And you're not going to feel like it is the thing. Right. Because it is the last thing I feel like doing. Yeah. Well, behavior is learned. Yep. Yeah. What and if a lot you start... of that is behavior. Yeah. What if discipline? Uh-huh. So if you would start praying, what if by the time you got done with that little session, he already gives you the answer in that session for what to do? What if you just keep trying something until it works? Like this is the way that Christians, believers need to start thinking. When you get a battle, when you get something that's attacking you, when you have a moment where you're just having just like stuff hit the fan, stop using your own mind and your own brain power on how you need to fix this issue Mm -hmm. because it's not your answer. You need to stop and pause and go do some worship. Go get on your knees before God. Do some praying, do some talking, do some communion. So many of us are ready to give up before we even get started. Because we are not seeing the answers come in the way that we think that they need to come. We always need to be bringing it back to the cross because that's where every one of your answers are. You lay them down at that altar. That's where the confidence comes from. That's when you go to the foot of the cross. That's when your mind stops spinning, where your emotions stop spinning, where you bring yourself back. You bring yourself back to that place. You bring yourself back to where Jesus is. You bring yourself back to that cross. You start worshiping. You start reading the word. And all of a sudden, when you come out of that session, you immediately have a different outlook. Mm-hmm. On the way here, I was, I've was i been thinking about this subject all day. So on the way here, there was a gentleman walking his dog, and he was looking up in the sky. The dog or the person? <laughs> the person. That's a valid question. And do you know what happened to me when that man was looking up in the sky? You looked too. I wanted to look up in the sky. Like, what is he looking at? We used to do that when we were kids. Do you remember? <laughs> we would go to like the grocery store and we would all act so foolish looking up in the sky, pointing. And then we would get <laughs> other people to look too. We did it like as a family, we would do that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. But it hit me on a spiritual sense. Yeah. Because if you started to deal with your problems in life by looking up. Taking it back to what Christina said earlier about with testifying, like like if you were giving testimony in court, we enter his courts with thanksgiving mm-hmm. yeah, and then praise. Yeah. You need to start thanking him for where you're at and what you have. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't feel it's where you want to be, but he's not willing to release you into your gifts until he sees that he can trust you with what you have. It's amazing because, like, the whole time we're talking, all I can picture is a courtroom. Because you have an accuser. Yeah. And you have all this stuff happening. You're you're literally on trial for your faith. Yeah. And you you have Christ, who's at the right hand of the Father, that's pleading your case and interceding for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, even I'm picturing this now, too. Yeah, so the accuser, get on board. The accuser of the brethren in there saying, she's not worthy. No. She doesn't meet the mark. And she's not doing yes. what she's And then he's do. dropping down here and telling you that. Yeah. In your thought life, you're yeah. not worthy. And so, you have Jesus saying, okay, you're on the stand. Tell me what makes you worthy. Yeah. Yep. He's he's your he's your counsel. Yeah, you're my child. Or he's approaching you're my he's image. approaching the bench and saying, "I died for them. I know they're worthy. Yeah, I yeah. died for them. Yeah, this is the the price has already been paid. Absolutely, so good. There in worship, like probably like a month ago, I had uh, um, like I in I never know what to call these. 
They drive me nuts. Just say vision. Why are you th- overthinking it? Because everybody's like, don't you really see a vision? No, Ooh. that's just the accuser telling you that. Yeah. yeah. So when I was worshiping, she had a vision. I had my eyes closed, and all of a sudden, I saw myself in the throne room. Yeah. So, um, the you know God was on the the main. It was just a big light in the middle, and then Jesus was at the right hand, mm-hmm. and I didn't, I couldn't see God. It yeah. was just this massive light, and I heard with like the thundering voice. Who told you you could be here? Mm-hmm. And normally, like, I would be like, ah, like tail between my legs, mm-hmm. running the opposite direction as fast as possible, fight or flight, like, peace out. Yeah. Um, but this time in worship, while I was having that encounter, I literally confidently looked at that light and I pointed to Jesus and I said, He told me I could be here. Yeah. And I think that's where we need to get, mm-hmm. where all of these unworthy, swirling thoughts and I stink and this is just too hard and I can't do this and I keep running after battle after battle. We're missing who we need to be. He's yeah. our advocate. We're missing everything that everything goes through him. Mm-hmm. We need to just bring everything back to him. That's yeah. how we need to be fighting these battles. His name, his word, his yep. spirit, his blood. His blood. Yeah. <laughs> like that is how you beat these battles is you just go, you go to that place. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that you found encouragement through what we've shared. We would be so honored if you would make sure that you're following us. You should also find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at, at the Real King Podcast. That's at T H E Real King Podcast. And don't forget, we put out new episodes every Monday. See you next time. <laughs>